Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hi, guys. Today, we're speaking with Brooke Sheehan, the founder of Cup O Sugar, a mobile app that allows neighbors to share and request food ingredients from each other. Brooke shares the story of how she founded Cup of Sugar, as well as some great insights into what it takes to launch an app as a non-technical founder and bootstrap user growth. And if you guys enjoy this episode or other episodes, please pop over to iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It helps us reach more women. And also, we just love hearing what you think. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Brooke. How are you today? I'm doing excellent. How are you? Great. Uh, so good. <laughs> and you are calling in from where? I'm calling in from San Diego, California, more specifically the North County part of it, uh, a town called Cardiff by the Sea, small little beach town, and it's beautiful here. Have you always lived there? I grew up in San Diego County. I only have lived here for about a year since graduating chiropractic school, and I love it. Love yeah, so you, so you're, you are a full-time chiropractor as well as um, the founder of Cup of Sugar, which is an app that we're really excited to hear about. But why don't you tell us a little bit about your um, story of like how you got to where you are today and your career? Sure. So, okay, I'm going to take it back to the time when I was pregnant with my daughter about almost 10 years ago at this point. And um I really envisioned having a natural childbirth. I wanted to make sure that she had, you know, the best, um, you know, entrance into the world. And so I really kind of stumbled upon chiropractic during pregnancy. Hmm. And I started getting adjusted and I started, you know, um, just kind of working through different things um, health-wise in my body. And had an amazing natural childbirth that I wanted. And I thought that I was going to kind of go into nutrition. At the at that point, I was working in an accounting firm, doing a lot of accounting work. And so I really kind of got into health by getting under chiropractic care, my own chiropractic journey. And so I wanted to go into nutrition, but the chiropractor that was adjusting me really saw that I valued the whole idea of chiropractic, it being a natural healing from the inside out approach. Mm. And he really um, inspired me to go to chiropractic school. But one little side note that I didn't mention is I was born with a case of cerebral palsy and it affects the entire right side of my body. And so that was a huge reason why I personally was like, I want to have a natural childbirth because what happens with cerebral palsy is that it happens during the birthing process. It's not congenital. It's not hereditary. It's just something when you're going through that process and if you lose oxygen or maybe the mother's in labor too long, Mm -hmm. like things like that can happen. 
So I feared for for that for my child, and I wanted her to have the best possible outcome. And so that's kind of what led me there. So when he was in, you know, oh, you need to go to chiropractic school, Brooke. You need to become a chiropractor. I was like, you're crazy, Dr. Matt. You're crazy. I have cerebral palsy. There's no way in heck that I would be able to do this. And how, sorry, how does how does your cerebral palsy affect your kind of day-to-day life? And if you mentioned it kind of affects your right side. Um, how, how does it affect you? Um, well, I mean, it is a mild case, um, but I do my right arm and my right foot like are a little bit more tense. Um, <laughs> thankfully, or, you know, I, I, I'm blessed in the sense that it is a mild case and I'm not in like a wheelchair or like, you know, I walk in and operate like most people would. It's yeah. just in a different kind of way. I have a little bounce in my step. Okay. Um, and over the years, like when I was a younger girl, like my arm was like fully flexed up. So my elbow was always bent and I had like, a, I don't know how to explain it without visually <laughs> being able to show you, Yeah. but where my hand would kind of flop down and kind of be like more up by my shoulder. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, it doesn't, it, it's not really affecting my day to day, like so much, um, to the, to the point where I'm not able to do things. Um, I'm able to adjust patients. I'm able to, you know, work through it. Uh, it just is, a, is a little different and I don't have the same strength as I do on my left side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, chiropractic adjusting isn't about necessarily strength as much as it is like speed. And so it's just been learning how to kind of overcome that. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing. Sorry mm. to interrupt as well. Yeah, um, of course. Please continue. No, no worries. I understand that that probably could have been a little confusing. So um, just to, to kind of jump back into the story, like I, I you know, he, he like wanted me to go practical and I, he was crazy. And then I finally took a look at, at it and, and took a look at a couple different schools and it was like, I can do this. I, I, I can do this. Mm. And so um, I enrolled in school. My daughter was four years old when I enrolled in school. It was eight hours away in the in Northern California. And um, I went, I feel like I'm going all over the place, but <laughs> I went through a really horrible divorce with her father. Mm. And um, we were separated. It was pretty nasty, um, abusive, emotionally and verbally. And so we had separated and, or we got a divorce and I left to school. But in the meantime, my attorney was like, you know, your daughter was born in San Diego. Your family's in San Diego. Her school's in San Diego. Unfortunately, Brooke, this is going to be an uphill battle for you to try to take her with you to chiropractic school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I went through four years of chiropractic school with her in San Diego and me in San Francisco Bay Area. And that was a really, really difficult time, especially since she was young. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, for most people, it looks like I'm not a good parent because I'm walking away from my child when in reality, what it was is I'm working on giving her and I a a better life. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And so, so I would fly home once a month for uh, every weekend, like, or once a month, every week, like a weekend. And then for all of our breaks, we would do three week breaks um, every three months. And then we would do 10 day breaks every three, like every other month. Mm -hmm. So I had some time here in San Diego with her. um, When I would come down, she would come up there with me for her summer vacations. 
And we made it work. And I always told myself if I felt like our emotional bond was breaking, that I would come home immediately. I said there's 500 miles worth of distance between the two of us. But if emotionally I felt us becoming, growing apart, mm-hmm. I'm coming home. I, this just brings something up for me. <laughs> if, you, if you were a man... <laughs> and you <laughs> okay and you were Taylor, her, Taylor Swift song yeah right <laughs> but if you were her dad and you went to school you know I mean you you talk a lot about you know people thought that I was a bad mom and you know that kind of stuff and I can relate to that there's all kinds of things that make people think that you're a bad mom right um, uh-huh, if you're not doing uh-huh. things the traditional way but it's it's interesting to me, you know, how much effort we spend as mothers explaining away any time away from our kids. Whereas if they were, we were their dad, they'd be like, oh, well, he had to go to chiropractic school, <laughs> you know? Yes. And yes. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. It would be such a different, it's such a different dialogue. Like it's, it's accepted by society for the dad to go away. Yeah. And to do that kind of stuff. It's right. not accepted in a way, you know, because then I like it appears to me like, oh, well, what did you do that he has full custody? And I'm like, no, 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 he doesn't have full custody. We have 50 50. It's just 50 50 split up very differently mm-hmm. while I'm in school during this time. Yeah. Right, you know, right. And it should be so, looked at as like this amazingly brave thing that you did. Like, yeah, holy crap. How hard must that have been? <laughs> and you did oh, such God. a brave thing and it made you a better provider for your daughter. Like you are a superhero. Mm. And yet here you yeah. are feeling like you have to explain away that part of your life. You know, that right. just, that really, right. when I was listening to you, that just really hit me. I just, wow. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. yeah it, it, it is really sad to, to think about that, you know, but it, I mean, like, I feel like as soon as you say you spent four years away from your child and people immediately are going to like think, oh my gosh, you know, and it was like four years, like living away from her, but not four years of like not seeing her, not communicating. You know what I mean? Like we had a lot of communication right. over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when was this? Yeah. What, 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 what year was this? This then? was 2000. This was 2016. I started mm-hmm. um, and then I graduated school late December of 2019. And so I've been back in San Diego with her for almost a full year now. Amazing. Uh, okay. Beautiful. Yeah. And so you yeah. got your you got your chiropractic license and then what happened? Yes. Um, well, so I'm a licensed chiropractor, but during chiropractic school is actually where Cup of Sugar came about. Um, I was in grad school. I had just finished about a year and a half worth of the program. And I was here in San Diego on a break, on a summer break, and I was at my best friend's house. Our kids were sleeping. She has a son. I have my daughter. They get along really, really well. Um, And we were, you know, in the kitchen baking something for a school function they had the next day and realized, oh, my gosh, we're out of eggs. Like, we don't have eggs. This is is horrible. So she texted her neighbor and um, in her apartment complex was able to get a couple eggs and we completed the baking project. Well, I go back up to the Bay Area. We don't think anything of it. We're just kind of like, whatever. I go back up to the Bay Area and I find myself, I'm making a brand new recipe and I need a sauce for a dish. 
And for the life of me, I still have not been able to say this. And it's actually kind of funny because it's part of our story that I cannot even pronounce this sauce, but it was Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. There you go. Worcestershire sauce. Love it. You say it the best. Don't listen to Sylvie. She's got the accent. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She says it's so great. Worcestershire is in the UK, isn't it? So, therefore, that's fine. Oh. Yeah. Is that what that damn yeah. name is from. Uh-huh. Every all Americans hate you for that name. <laughs> we can't. I know it's so hard to say. So I need. So I was making a shepherd's pie, and it's calling for this sauce. And so I and I'm living in an apartment complex, and I tend to be more introverted uh, on most occasions. And so I'm like, gosh, if I had some sort of avenue to like be able to kind of connect with the neighbors in this apartment complex, I just watched my best friend not too long ago be able to text somebody she knew and be able to get exactly what she needed. And so I, you know, did what any normal human would have done. And I went out to the grocery store and I got it. And I used it twice. I made the recipe two times and it just sat there. And it like it spun this thing a couple months later. It was like I woke up like in this like, oh, my gosh, like I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And I called her, my best friend down here in San Diego. And I said, listen, and I kind of laid out this envis- like this vision for her about like what if there was like some sort of product or some sort of like like service that people can use to not only connect with their community, but to uh, like reduce the amount of food waste that happens at the household level. Mm. And so that's kind of where the idea of Cup of Sugar was born through those kitchen frustrations that we had. Yeah. And then um, we started doing a lot of um, surveying and like market research and like talking to like I talked to a lot of people that I went to school with Mm -hmm. you know like how many times do you like run out to the grocery store a week for an item that you have forgotten or how frustrating is this on a scale of like one to ten you know and so we were kind of getting like like gauging how big of an issue it is and then also like looking at other statistics for the same thing And so um, her and I both have no tech background. Like um, my background is, you know, accounting. And then I transitioned into healthcare. Um, Her background is like fashion and apparel, like apparel. And um, so here we both are like wanting to do this with no knowledge of how to even begin. And I've shared this a couple times before. And I think it's just funny to share with people here, like, you don't have to have every single answer figured out in order to start. Like I truly thought that there were some, there were like a bunch of people working behind the scenes on every single app, like, you know, big apps, like, I don't know, Uber, Airbnb or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. That they were behind the scenes. And that when somebody clicked on like call a car, that somebody behind the scenes was clicking and pushing, okay, they, they want to call a car. Rather than thinking of it how the internet works, like, oh, okay, it just goes to servers and it pulls through. And it was so silly that I would actually think of it that way. But, <laughs> but you just like, little monke- like little monkeys in the background. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how would you exactly. have Like, so, honestly, how, how, do we, how, how do we know anything about industries that we haven't worked in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's so true. So, you know, I mean, like, it took some time. Um, 
like to get things figured out, but I really started to um, lean into my social network and um, like I started asking around, like, does anybody know any, you know, software developers, app developers? Like I really didn't even know what I was looking for. So it was it was through each of those connections that I would find little pieces along the way. So it would be we'd go talk to a software developer and they're like, you need to go talk to X person or you need to talk to this person. And after like five or six different interviewers or interviews with app developers, we actually went to a big tech conference in Portugal uh, in 2017. And that is when we secured a developer to develop the cup of sugar idea for us. Huh. And then did you like bring him on for, or I'm assuming him, her, them, did you bring them yeah. on for equity yeah, the- or did you um, pay them? What was the thinking there? No, yeah, we we hired them out. Uh, they there were actually based in the UK, um, cool. and we hired them out to do the work on it. So yeah. And where did you yeah. raise the money for that then? <laughs> Funny you should ask. So um, we raised the money through a friend of mine who's also a chiropractor, but he's a chiropractor like entrepreneur. Mm. And so he has a a lot of other different businesses besides his chiropractic office, but he also runs six different health clinics and, you know, has, has big reach where he's at. And so he was our first investor in Cup of Sugar and really helped us get it off the ground and in, in full development. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it's often referred to as the friends and family round when you first go to ask for money. Yeah. And then, so did you pitch to him with like a a pitch deck or was it over a (laughs) cup of coffee? How, how did you persuade him to be your first investor? You know, I I think what I sent him like a text message or fa- even Facebook Messenger and kind of just r- like, hey, this is an idea. This is what we had been talking about. We had had like, you know, years of a relationship, business relationship prior to that. So it was like not coming at him like completely cold. Yeah. But I didn't have a pitch deck or anything. I didn't even really know what that was. Mm. Um, and so I just kind of came, came to him and was just like, Hey, this is our idea. This is what we would like to do. This is what it's going to cost to build it out. This is the quote we got, you know, would it be something you'd be willing to help us with? And so then he asked us further questions and we got on a call and, and did all that. But I mean, that's kind of really how it started. That's amazing. So how does cup of sugar make money? Cup of sugar. Yeah. So right now, the way Cup of Sugar is making money is just through local advertising. Um, It's a free platform for communities to use. Mm -hmm. Our target audience prior to um, coronavirus was apartment complexes, college dorm rooms, and um, senior facilities, like 55 plus, you know, facilities. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are like hyper local communities where people are all like living really close proximity to one another. And so you can walk to next door, a couple of doors down to pick up an egg or, you know, share food items that you have excess of or something like that. So, um, so that was our, that was like kind of like where we were at with it. Um, and then at that point we just had ad, had ads running on the platform. So right now it's just local advertising, but Eventually, we're looking at different um, models of where, um, you know, there's different revenue streams coming in. Mm. 
But that's so. it. Like you're building this audience. You've got a community of people who will be so highly invested in the app and and building the community that a lot. This happens right. with a lot of, with a lot of apps sometimes, doesn't it? That build the community first and then monetize. Do you know what would be amazing? Yes, I constantly want to bake desserts. But I don't then want to eat all of the dessert that I have baked. Like, <laughs> I want to bake a batch of cookies, but then I only want two cookies. Yeah. But I'd love to, like, be able to share yeah. the rest of the cookies. Aww. Like, if cup of cup of sugar, like, you could get, you know, like, share ingredients and share things or whatever. But then also put on there, like, hey, baking cookies, like, Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Who I mean? Wants oh, that like, would – yeah, that would be awesome to have the community. Because right now we don't have the community board aspect of it it's merely like if I have like 15 granola bars that my child isn't going to eat and I don't want them to go to waste I can scan the barcode of those granola bars and share them with the community yeah but yeah yeah like you can't necessarily share something that you made yeah like (laughs) it's not an item (laughs) yeah yeah it isn't like a home homemade good or whatever and there's so many people that say that like I don't want to make a bake a cake because we eat the whole thing like you know I was just my fiance's birthday and I was like oh I'm not making you a cake sorry because we'll eat it all and I'm very pregnant and I definitely (laughs) would eat it all but like you know it's like the thing where you're like oh well baked a cake um who else's birthday is it (laughs) or whatever like who wants some birthday cake right now because who would say no to that exactly exactly right so I'm just going to backtrack a little bit so you you got the investor you built the app with the company in the UK and how much of the design and the like features was your idea and how much was the company that you were working with we when we secured the developer we had already had designed our wireframes and wireframes are um basically like what is each screen going to look like yeah. the, the home screen is going to look like this that once people sign in this is what they're going to see yada yada and so I had actually um, designed like sketched out some wireframes for them prior to even securing the developer I had wireframes like sketched out and so when we originally met with them they were amazed with how far my co-founder and I had gone through the process to even have these ideas written out on paper the way that we had. Because a lot of times they were working with clientele that is just like, I want to build an app that does X, but with no real vision of what X is. And so, um, I mean, from designing those wireframes to actually getting the development in place, it was was just, you know, four to five months, I believe, the whole process. Awesome. It didn't take super long. Yeah. And then how have yeah. people responded so far? So you mentioned like three different types of community that you have. How did how did they all respond and like which which one of them do you think is has been the most responsive? So the most responsive is the apartment communities. Um we actually this is like a fun little story. So one okay, so uh, the biggest thing that I felt like in the very beginning that hindered a lot of Cup of Sugar's growth. So we had launched the app on Earth Day, which um, I think is is global, but Earth Day in here is April twenty second, which happens to be my daughter's birthday. Oh wow! So we uh, we launched it on Earth Day just because it kind of has that more like environmental, sustainable kind of you know like thread. Um, within it. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
2018, we launched it and it wasn't really getting a whole lot of traction. We got friends and family to download it and it was cool. And we were putting stuff on social media and, and, but somebody, you know, in Australia and somebody in San Diego, both having cup of sugar on their phone doesn't really make it effective. Like, it's like, cool, we got two downloads, but it's like, that's not two people using it. Uh, so what happened was I realized, okay, this, this company is not going to grow until I, be, I grow, right? I mentioned earlier, I was more of an introvert and like kind of scared and like, oh, I feel weird about asking people to like, you know, talk to people, whatever. So I started making the beginning of 2019. I was like, you know what? I'm cold calling a bunch of property managers at apartment complexes and I'm going to like get myself out there and I'm going to put myself out there. And so I did. I like called all these different property management companies around where I was going to school in the San Francisco Bay Area. So between classes, outside of classes, I was like working on Cup of Sugar. And so really awesome thing happened through all of that cold calling. I got so many different meetings set up. I got so many different yeses happen. Of course, I, I received tons of no's like that. That's the reality of having a business, right? You're going to receive a lot of no's and you can't let them affect you. Yeah. But I received a lot of great yeses, which then led to an amazing partnership with one of the major like um, TV providers up in the in the San Francisco Bay Area that they have full-time staff that goes into these property management companies and says, hey, let us set up events for you. And what their sole purpose is, is they want people to sign up for their cable service or their telephone service or their internet service, right? right. So we're not in, like, we're not competing with one another. We're, like, we're partnering up. Mm. So I would go in with them on these events and here's Cup of Sugar and then here's Xfinity Communications and we would go in as a, as a, a collective and it was amazing. Like the the experience, we've, we got like 25 different properties on the platform up in San Francisco and so we had a lot of, um, you know, or we do, like we have a lot of community like going on up in the Bay Area, mm. not so much here in San Diego. Um, my goal has been to get, you know, more San Diego um, communities on it. But shortly after I moved down here is when everything kind of shut down. Mm. And so none of the properties are doing in-person events. Everything is done virtual. And so we're kind of working on getting all of that like snags figured out. Of course, because yes, how has the pandemic affected the way that people interact in these communities? Are they still using Cup of Sugar as much? They, they're they using it. Um, we do have the feature where, you know, it's a one-to-one chat. So if you put out on there that you need two eggs and I respond to that, then you and I can chat and I can be like, oh, I can leave the eggs outside my door in a little bag for you. Yeah. So, so at least it had that capability where it was like the interaction is happening on the platform and then they can decide how they do it, you know, when they actually receive the items. Mm-hmm. So it's still been, it's still been fine. It's just been more difficult in getting the, um, in getting, um, like, new new uh markets or new communities on yeah do you think people in the bay area and like san francisco in general are more like early adopters because there are so many famous startups and people starting businesses (laughs) up there that that's a good like i guess i never thought about that but 
I, I would think that that would be, yeah. Mm. I definitely think that that could be a thing. I'm just thinking because that's like right. how Airbnb sort of started there. and I know. Yeah. I know. And it's that sharing yep. economy, it, like that community values thing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yep. this is like, this company just sounds so great. And I think one of the things that 2020 has taught me is that being physically with people and community is so important for the human condition. And I just think mm-hmm. that the, the the idea behind Cup of Sugar is so brilliant because it really taps into that um, human need for community and how we can all help each other. Yes. Um, but how do you find balancing the app with your full-time job right now? Because um, you are still doing your chiropractic, is, is that right? Yes. So I still, I still am doing that. Um, and it, I mean, it is a balancing act for sure, but it's just, I also realize like there's some days that I'm going to be able to dedicate a lot more time to it. And then there's other days that I'm not going to be able to dedicate as much time. And so I'm just kind of finding, you know, the, the time, like, like taking the time out where I can for cup of sugar and then taking the time out for the practice when I can. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, not beating myself up when uh, things, you know, I'm not able to get the six hours in on Monday because, you know, my kid had something happen. It's like, okay, understand life happens. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to have some grace for yourself as well. Yeah. How old is your daughter now? She will be 10 in April. Wow. So she's good. Yeah. I know. That's so good. Um, Wow. So you have accomplished so much. Um, Your story is really inspiring. And, you know, I love what you've done. I love the fact that you are, you know, eliminating food waste on the planet, especially in the States. Um, (laughs) We have a lot of food waste in the States. We have so much. You know, it's it's interesting. One of my friends, um, and he was not like an empathetic type dude at all. He moved to L.A., he wasn't like a bleeding heart kind of dude. You know what I mean? Like he was more, uh-huh. he's got a little bit immature for our age, you know, or like we're around the same age. Like, you know, he's just kind of a party mm-hmm. guy. And the most interesting moment, one of the most like telling moments I've had with a friend of mine um, was when we went out to dinner and he boxed up everything, every little thing that was left on our plates and took it out afterwards um, to the streets of L.A. after living there for a year. And he's like, Nat, you don't leave food. You know, you don't – like, and even the little – like, if there were two sprigs of asparagus, he would put that in the box and he took it to the homeless people that were outside. And I'm like, wow, isn't it amazing how – you know, because we're from a city that has less homeless people. Mm. Right. But there are so many in the States and there's so much food wastage in the States. And like there are so many children and people and human beings like starving in so many other places of the world. So like anything that we can do (laughs) Mm. to make the world a little bit better and waste a little bit less is amazingly helpful. What's your vision for Cup of Sugar? Oh, gosh. Well, I want to to definitely take California by storm. Um, we are trying to really implement that Facebook idea where, you know, they started very hyper local in the the Harvard area and then kind of expanded more into the Ivy Leagues and then colleges. And then, OK, we're going to let everybody on. Right. Yeah. And so it's that that idea of 
of being able to kind of like really capture a local market and then expand from there. Uh-huh. So, you know, in a few years, I mean, I, my my vision is huge. And so sometimes it gets too big that I'm like, okay, like I need to come down and, and, and zero in and focus like more, you know, smaller. Uh-huh. But I do definitely want to get all of California because I, I think that once you get like like one huge aspect of the market, then it just becomes, you know, like wildfire. Then it just like people are talking about it like a verb, right? Like Uber is a verb, yeah. like or like a noun, like Airbnb. Like it's just like, yeah. <laughs> Let's cup it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, the big, the, to speak about bigger vision as well. So right now it's a, it's a place where you can share and request food ingredients. We'd want to open it up to be able to be a place where people can share resources. Mm. So you're living in a house and maybe, you know, your child needs some printer paper for their school project. And it's like, oh gosh, it's 10 o'clock at night and we got to get this project printed and all that kind of stuff. Well, jump on there and say, hey, does anybody have, you know, some sheets of paper, printer paper, a printer that has ink or, you know, things like that, that you don't think about. Yeah. Can I borrow a hammer? Yeah. You know what? I mean, so I, (laughs) there was a long time ago, um, I was a single mom and um, wanting to move back to New York City for a job. And I remember Mm -hmm. I'm like, why isn't there some sort of platform where I could find another single mom? and share a house because neither of us could afford all of the bills, but we could afford half of them. And it's just like, you know, I think for people who are living in situations where, which like almost all of us, where we can, it would just, life would be so much easier if we could just share, Mm -hmm. like give the things that we have extra of and like receive the things that other people have extra of. Like Mm -hmm. how much easier would we all have it? Like for those little, so sharing, sharing resources, that's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's it's a big thing, you know, and there's a lot of things. It's not just food that goes to waste. It's mm. like we live in a very like everybody's consuming, you know, it's just buy, buy, buy. And, you know, then things are landfilled and or, you know, just thrown away. And it's like, oh, somebody could use that. Yeah. Kids clothes, baby clothes. Start so, the same exact know, app for kids clothes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Exactly. You get credits for turning your kids clothes in and then you can spend those credits on there the sizes go. that you need. Yeah. Call it <laughs> like, bag of clothes. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we need to form a think exactly. tank. Wow. What's, <laughs> right? That'd be such a good idea. <laughs> Brooke, what's your advice to someone listening who's thinking about starting an app of their own? Um, whether it's a community or a marketplace or anything, but just going through this process that you've been through. Someone who's not a tech person, yeah. quote unquote. Okay. So my biggest advice is one, like, and this sounds very simple and it's in its term, but it's just get started. And when I say just get started, it means just like you, like I didn't have all the answers. You're not going to have all the answers. And the way that like we got started the way that I got started even was just merely putting uh, like a request or, you know, a question out on Facebook. Hey, does anybody know X or, or what, right? There's so many different groups um, out there that you can start to 
leverage the power of that social network and finding the answers that you need and that will help you lead you to where you need to go. But I really think that the biggest thing as women especially is that we don't give ourselves enough credit for like what we're capable of doing. And we kind of like think, oh, we have all these ideas, but you know, who, who are we or who am I to like even be the one to pull it off? And we talk ourselves out of it before we even start. And so if we can really learn to get out of that, like, like fight that imposter syndrome and fight that voice inside our head that tells us that we're not good enough or that, you know, like, like we're, we're okay in, in our little corner and really just focus on taking even the smallest step forward by putting a post out on Facebook. Like that was really uncomfortable for me, like to put that post out there. And I was like, kind of like shaking and I'm like, oh, did I word this right? Do I say this? Oh, and then I hit post and it was like, oh my God, oh my God, you know? But it's Mm. like, it's so crazy to think about it. And it's like, but what if I didn't do that? Like the opportunities and the life that I'm living right now because of that, is so much more fulfilling and rewarding and challenging. And it's like forcing me to grow in areas that I didn't even know I needed growth in. And it's just a beautiful, messy journey. (laughs) Yeah, I think just starting, like we all have great ideas and then we all think, oh, surely someone else is going to think of this before I think of it. Like surely someone else is already like working on this. But if we just started working instead of thinking all the time, (laughs) second-guessing ourselves. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brooke. So if somebody wants to bring Cup of Sugar to their apartment block or their community, how do they do that and where do they find you? Okay, so they can do that by reaching out to me. Um, My Instagram is Brooksby, B-R-O-O-K-S-B-E-E, or they could go to Cup O Sugar app. And that's just cup O, not not cup of. Um, so I can be reached there. They can DM me uh, my email address. I can give it here. We could just put it in the show notes. However. Yeah, give us your email address and we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay, awesome. So email is admin, A-D-M-I-N at cup O sugar app, A-P-P dot com. Um, that's my email address. So yeah, if you want to bring it to your community, I have tons of resources uh, I can send over to help get the word out to your neighbors in your community there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us and telling us the story of the app and, and about you. It's been a real pleasure and really inspiring. Likewise. Great talking to you both. Hope you have a lovely evening. Yeah. Stay in touch. Chat soon. Bye Bye. now. Will too. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by Invoice2Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere, at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.